0: Hi! You're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate.
1: And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back.
0: Today, you'll learn about how new moms see faces in inanimate objects, why some people think cilantro tastes like soap, and the problem-solving prowess of vocal birds.
1: Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Have you ever glanced over at an object, I mean, let's say like a a watermelon or something like that, and you suddenly see a face in it?
0: Uh, is, is it like a haunted watermelon?
1: Okay, no, but I mean, that would make a great band name. Um, like, maybe there are a couple of spots on it that look like eyes and a line underneath it that looks like a cute little watermelon smile. It's, it's not a face. It just looks like a face.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. Faces are kind of all over the place. You know, you see them I in mean, electrical outlets or, you know, a house with cute little window eyes and a door for a mouth. Or, uh-huh. you know, you see the Virgin Mary on your grilled cheese sandwich. Aren't human minds somehow programmed to see faces in inanimate objects?
1: I mean, maybe. Uh, Some researchers think humans evolved to be able to quickly pick out faces in a busy setting, which can lead to us making mistakes or thinking that everything is kind of facey. But there's actually a phenomenon called pareidolia where people think they see some kind of significant image in an otherwise random pattern.
0: Hmm. So the haunted watermelon. Exactly.
1: There are a million stories of pareidolia, everything from the image of Jesus in a tree stump to the man on the moon.
0: Just about every image that comes back from the Mars rover looks like a person's face or, or some kind of human-made object.
1: It really does. It's it's like there's a where's Waldo of human images across the whole solar system. But pareidolia isn't just a visual phenomenon. You can also hear
0: things. Like when you hear a noise in the house and you think that's Obviously, a monster has taken a residence in your attic, and you're all doomed to be haunted for eternity. Yeah.
1: That's oddly specific, but but yeah. Okay, so one famous example is how people heard the phrase, Paul is dead, when they played the Beatles song, Strawberry Fields Forever, backwards.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Also, who thought to play that song backwards, anyway?
1: Yeah, I've got no idea. Um, that's a question for another episode. Because researchers have just released a new study with some surprising connections between and new moms.
0: As if new moms don't already have enough on their plates.
1: (laughs) I know, right? So researchers were motivated to do this study after hearing anecdotes from new moms about seeing faces in inanimate objects all over the place. They wanted to know if this was a real thing. Uh, Were new mothers more likely to see faces when there were, in fact, none?
0: Uh, I'm going to guess they were more likely.
1: I Yeah. They showed images of real faces, non-faces, and non-faces that looked like faces to around 380 women, including those who were pregnant, postpartum, or not pregnant. Women who had given birth in the past year were more likely to rate the illusory faces as more face-like compared to the other groups.
0: By illusory, do you mean the non-faces that looked like faces, right? Exactly. Okay. So… Then what's going on here? Like, why are new moms more likely to see faces everywhere?
1: So they can't be totally certain, but there is one thing that new mothers have more of, and that's oxytocin.
0: Oxytocin, that's the hormone that makes you feel all cuddly and in love, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of known as the cuddle drug. It's a hormone that reduces stress, puts you in a good mood, and when moms give birth, a rush of it is thought to make the mom instantly bond with her baby.
0: So how would that make you see faces?
1: The thinking is that it would also make you more susceptible to seeing faces everywhere. It's possible that heightened oxytocin leads to a broader, bolder sense of empathy, which could lead to humanizing things that just, I mean, aren't humans. But the researchers only found the connection. They didn't actually measure the levels of oxytocin in the participants.
0: Well, that sounds like cause for more research. And personally, mm, I think I would make a great participant. Like, like, I think I can see a face right now. Nate, that, that's your reflection. Oh, well, I, I still think I'd be good for it. Yeah, you'd, you'd be great, buddy. In this world, there are two types of people. Those who like cilantro and those who think it is a vile weed, not fit for human consumption.
1: <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is there's people who think it tastes like poison and people who are wrong. But I actually, you know what, I, I kind of feel this because in my family, we make uh, two bowls of guacamole at family get-togethers. One of them has cilantro in it, and it's a much smaller bowl, and then there's the bowl for everyone else that has no cilantro in it because we can't stand it.
0: <laughs> well, you and your family are not alone, because it turns out that anywhere between 4 and 13% of people across the globe think cilantro tastes, well, like soap.
1: Wait, only 4 to 13%? Like... I thought that would have been a much higher number, to be honest.
0: It seems like more to me as well, but... they
1: Might just be where we live? I don't know.
0: Could be, yeah. However, another way to look at this, of course, is that tastes are subjective, and we all have our own opinions and our own likes and dislikes.
1: Sure, but I'm not budging on this one. I can't stand cilantro.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. The Thing is, the fact that this rather small percentage of people described the flavor in the same way, saying it's soapy, made researchers think "Mm, there might be something going on here. Yeah, no, that's
1: actually true. So sometimes I describe it as poison, but it does have like that soapy sort of flavor to it. So what is going on? Why do we all think it's the same?
0: Well, enter the researchers at 23andMe.
1: Wait, that's the company that does at-home genetics testing, right?
0: Yep. So many people have used their service that they saw an opportunity. They sent out a questionnaire about this pungent herb to thousands of respondents and then cross-checked their answers with their DNA. And sure enough, they found a genetic variation linked to cilantro aversion.
1: So people can't just say, I'm wrong and should like it anymore, right?
0: Right. The culprit is a specific gene called OR6A2, which plays a role as an odor receptor, Cilantro has a super distinct aroma and a unique bitterness that seems to affect this particular receptor.
1: Huh. So if it's genetic, then people can pass down their hatred of cilantro to their kids?
0: That is an interesting part of this story, and so the short answer is yes. The longer answer is that they found a pretty huge difference in cilantro resistance among different populations. Around 13% of Europeans said cilantro tastes like soap. But only 8% of East Asians and about 4% of South Asians had the same reaction.
1: Okay, and cilantro is a pretty big part of their cuisine.
0: Yeah, so it would make sense that they are genetically more predisposed to not hating it.
1: I mean, that makes sense. you probably have a lot more uh, family get-togethers with the small bowl of cilantro and the bigger bowl
0: without it. It would not be super pretty. The bigger point here, though, is that genetics play a pretty big role in our preferences. Well, while people definitely have very strong feelings about cilantro, especially all of us haters out here, the (laughs) researchers say that genetics aren't everything. Many people who have the gene variation that makes cilantro taste like soap have actually developed a tolerance for it over time. So I guess like everything, if at first your cilantro tastes like soap, try and try again. That's a common saying, right?
1: Yeah. Usually I'm for it, but not this time. I'm going to pass on the cilantro. i got to
0: say, I've, I've tried it several times, and it keeps being bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pass.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: We've done stories in the past about the intelligence of birds.
0: Sure, like how some scientists think crows might be as intelligent as a seven-year-old human. It's crazy.
1: Exactly. And when we think about smart birds, we often think about, like you said, crows or parrots. The more vocal the bird, the smarter we imagine it, right?
0: Well, I mean, well yeah, isn't that true? I, I mean, I would think it would take a lot of smarts to be able to vocalize with some complexity.
1: Sure, but there's a problem. When studies try to find a link between vocal learning and general intelligence, they found a little bit of conflicting evidence. In some species, there's a clear connection between how well a bird species can learn to vocalize and their level of general intelligence, but in others, not so much.
0: Mm, that's surprising.
1: It is surprising, and it's what led a research team to conduct a recent study on the smarts of birds. They wanted to dig just a little bit deeper. Maybe there's no concrete link between the ability to vocalize and general intelligence, but what about more specific intelligence? What do you mean? Okay, um, maybe a better way to put it is to say that they wanted to test for different cognitive abilities. They looked at 23 different species and over 200 individual birds to assess three basic things problem-solving skills, self-control, and learning
0: skills. Got it. I guess saying a bird is smart is a little vague. You're saying they wanted to know in what ways were these birds smart?
1: Yeah, and they wanted to know if their smarts had any correlation with their vocalization ability.
0: Gotcha. They wanted to know what vocal birds are good at.
1: I mean, to put it simply, yeah, basically— so the study found that birds with more complex vocal learning, a larger song call repertoires, ability for mimicry, and lifelong vocal learning consistently perform better on problem-solving tasks.
0: So the more complex vocal ability was associated with better problem-solving.
1: Exactly. The birds that excelled at vocal mimicry were the fastest to solve tricky problems requiring insight and tool use. Uh, for example, the tufted titmouse has a huge vocal range with about 63 different vocalizations, and it continues to learn throughout its entire life. It outperformed the more limited cowbird, who only has about nine vocalizations that it learns in a set period.
0: Alright, so if you need a problem solved, find a bird with a lot to say.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess that's it. The next step is to go on the hunt for the genes responsible for this vocal learning problem-solving connection. Researchers say a discovery like this could offer up some tantalizing insights into the evolution of language and cognition in humans as well.
0: I uh, don't mean to toot my own horn, but… I have very complex vocalizations.
1: <laughs> yes, they you are very smart.
0: Almost as good as some birds.
1: I'm so proud of you.
0: So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up.
1: New research reveals that new mothers may be more likely to see faces in inanimate objects, a phenomenon called pareidolia, possibly due to surging levels of the love hormone oxytocin after giving birth. This heightened facial perception may promote bonding between mother and child.
0: Cilantro's soap-like taste isn't imaginary for some folks. It's genetic. A receptor gene makes the herb taste like palm olive to about 13% of people. But cilantrophiles can still hope to convert the haters with persistence.
1: A comprehensive study of over 200 birds from 23 species found that species with more complex vocal learning abilities also perform better on problem-solving tasks, demonstrating a link between vocal mimicry and advanced cognition in birds. Bird brain isn't much of a put-down anymore.
0: Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery.
1: You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.